Oh, what a night that was. Can you imagine, as we just heard uh, in all of its silliness, the animals making all their different noises. Can you imagine what they were thinking? All The Bible says all of creation groaned. The stars were just twinkling brighter than ever. Everything light, everything prophecy being fulfilled. Peace on earth. Goodwill to man. You know what? That's what we need today. There's not a lot of goodwill going on, it seems like. There's a lot of people are in turmoil. There's a lot of trouble and a lot of anger and a lot of things. And there's not a lot of peace. But you know what? Even in the midst of trouble, if you have Jesus, you have the Prince of Peace. You can have peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace around you. And just like Jesus, when he was in the boat, he was fast asleep. You know why? Because the storm was around him. It wasn't in him. Your boat can ride a lot of waves, a lot of storms. But it's, it, it's when the storm gets in the boat that trouble comes. And there's a lot of people that have trouble in the boat. There's trouble in, in them and there's... It's not a lot of trouble around. So I'll, I'll say, Lord, I want to uh, come to a place where you've removed all the, 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 the fear and the anger and the, the, the frustration. And Lord, you give me a, a, a peace about what's going on. And then whatever comes and goes, I can ride right through it knowing God is in control. Amen. As we prepare today uh, for, for communion. We uh, want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit today, about from the stable to the table. Because we, we're, we're getting ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. At the, uh, the last supper when the Lord instituted this, and we're going to talk about that. But you know what, it started at the stable. Chrissy already said it. It's my first line right here. Jesus was born... To die. From the very beginning, it was the purpose that he came. For God so loved the world. Do you know how much you're loved? Can you just say it with me? Say, Jesus Jesus. loves me. me. You know what? You need to, uh, let's just for a moment, uh, be a little selfish. Now, we know that he loves the whole world, but let's just for a moment, I want you to get a revelation and a realization of how much he loves you. Regardless of who you are, where you're from, your age, your gender, your financial status, your job, where you live, what kind of car you drive, what you wear, none of that matters. Jesus loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you eternally. And He loved you so much. that He did not want you to be lost. He did not want you to spend eternity without Him. He did not want to spend eternity without you. And so He made a way. You see, this is what communion is all about. We're going to remember and look at three things today. Because lying in a manger within a stable in Bethlehem, the first gift was given. And it was a wrapped gift. It was wrapped in swaddling clothes. 
It was wrapped for you and I. It was a good gift. How many is looking forward to getting a good gift for Christmas? Amen. I'm just hoping I get a gift. I'm hoping I'm on the good list. (laughs) Had a good birthday and my kids came over and... uh, Gave me some presents and uh, that, you know, it, it's fun to, 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 to just, you know, be, be, it's good to give, but sometimes isn't it nice to receive? And it doesn't matter what it is. It's just that, that, that they were thinking about you, that people care about you and love you. And man, all of the birthday wishes and the, the cards and the gifts and the, the, the text and the Facebooks, thank you. It made me feel special. I've never been this old before. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But you know what? It's okay. It just feels like the day before. (laughs) Doesn't really feel a lot different. But there was a reason. He came to die. He was the first gift. And the next 33 years. How many people today is over 33? Wow. You right there did something Jesus couldn't do. He lived about 33 and a half. What a short lifespan. But what he did in his life, what he did when he entered the ministry at about 30. It took those first 30 years of preparation. Getting ready. Getting things set up. getting You know, sometimes in life, we just want it all now. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of preparation that needs to take place in life. You're still in the preparation period before God brings you into your destiny. There's got to be a lot of foundation. Isn't it amazing? Uh, You watch them build roads sometime. And it's like years. And they're just doing dirt work and dirt work and dirt work. You're like, are they ever going to build the road? And then you go the next day and the road's done. Because the actual top layer, that's, that's easy. That's the icing on the cake. That's the part you drive on. But it's the foundation that's going to determine how long it lasts. So many people, we just want the final results today. And we spend no time with preparation. And then what we build crumbles quickly. Because it has no foundation. God laid a foundation. And when He brought that gift to the world. And Jesus made His sacrifice. 2,000 years later, it's still working just the same. Still working on your behalf and my behalf. And that's why, amen, when he, when he talked about communion, he said, this do in remembrance of me. We're going to remember some things today. We're going to remember the past and the present and the future. And you know what's good about today? We don't have to have a ghost to take us on the trip. You'll get that when you get home. Let's talk about Christmas past. First of all, we've got to remember the Lord's death. He said that when he cometh, he cometh into the world and sacrifice and offerest thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. You see, the Lord's death was only made possible by His birth. He had to come first. He had to be born. 
Man, the, the, the way he chose it, not a palace, but a manger. He came to the lowly. He came uh, very, very obscure. Very, very, very few people caught it. All but the ones that did rejoiced. Humble beginnings. And then as he grew and came into his relationship. Yeah, do we have any, any, other, any other kids in the house? All the children, the, the, they're already having their Christmas party upstairs. So if you're a pre-K through fifth grade, you can run upstairs. They're having kids church. Go ahead. And if anybody sees anyone come in, send them up. Uh, so there's, there's something special. Oh my goodness, little Tal- Talia. All right. I have a hard time saying that. I'm going to get it, Alexis. Talia. Uh, there's something so precious about babies. They're just so innocent. They're so perfect. They're, 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 they're so helpless. But you see them, and we just go stupid. I mean, we know. I know how to talk legibly, kind of. I don't use perfect English all the time. But we see a baby, and we go, we just go, I don't know what happens to us. I guess we think they can understand that. I don't know. Makes us, but it's something that just, it brings a smile to your face. It brings joy to your heart or something about it. So it's precious, it's perfect, it's simple and serene. I mean, they're so soft. And most of the time they smell good. (laughs) Sometimes not so good. To watch them sleep. You ever go watch your kids sleep? Go in there just to make sure they were breathing. Just watch them. They were so beautiful, so precious. It's hard to think that they're a sinner. But the Bible says we're born in sin, shaping iniquity, and we need a Savior. We know that Mary had a little lamb. Perfect, spotless, the Lamb of God. I can tell you another story, Chrissy. Um, not sure all about it, but it's been told that the sacrificial lambs, there was a certain, certain lambs that were, the whole purpose was for sacrifice. And the sacrificial lambs had to be without spot or blemish. That have perfect care and certain care. And they were taken from the, the, the herd and they kept together until time of sacrifice. And it was the shepherds that the angel appeared to were the ones that were tending the sacrificial lambs. And when the sacrificial lambs were taken to to be sacrificed, they didn't put them on a leash and lead them because they could get damaged. They could get dirty between there and the sacrifice and they had to be perfect. And they would take them and they would wrap them and swaddle them and carry them. So when those shepherds saw that baby, what wrapped in swaddling clothes, they knew. This was the Lamb of God. The sacrificial Lamb. 
As John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Mary had a little lamb. Jesus was to be the once and for all lamb. Hebrews 10 says this, by by which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. Christ was God's gift of redemption and made possible only by His birth. And His death was made meaningful by His life. He lived a perfect life without sin. Tested at every point like you and I. Yet He resisted. He refused. He said no when it was time to say no. And yes, when it was time to say yes, He did the good and refused the evil. And His life made His death meaningful. And he became a gift. Our gift of salvation. The best Christmas gift you could ever receive is eternal life. His death was monumental because of his resurrection. You see, his life was made possible by his birth. His life lived perfectly, made his death his death meaningful. But today, we wouldn't have what we have and celebrate what we celebrate without his resurrection. See, you got to know the whole story. Amen? Not just the part. So we talk about Christmas, Pat. We talk about his death, and it was his death that was monumental. It was He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and his gift continues to give eternal life today. But what about Christmas present? Remember the Lord's steps. Remember His life. Remember how He walked. And the word communion, what we're going to do in a few moments, and taking the Lord's Supper, it's an action word. It, It means fellowship, or to participate in, or to share together. When Jesus broke the bread, He didn't say, hey guys, let's have communion. He just broke the bread and they were together fellowshipping and visiting and, and, and they were there together participating in Passover. Today we come and fellowship one with another and we're participating and sharing together with something in common. And what do we all have in common? Jesus. Today people all over the world no doubt are, are, are having this communion And we're sharing together with them in that common thing, Jesus. As we observe, we don't just keep a dead memory alive. But we're remembering the presence of one who lived, died, and rose again. He is not in the grave. I was there. I looked. He wasn't there. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And today I remember... Man, Jesus, he wanted to have communion with his disciples. He wanted them to think about him often. It's why he said, as often as you do this, not just take this communion, but as often as you get together, fellowship, participate in worship, anytime you're doing things as a believer, come on, remember me. Don't, don't we want to be remembered? How, how are we remembered? How will we be remembered? Man, Jesus said, Come on, guys, don't forget about me. When I go away, when you come together, you have 
fellowship and you break bread, remember me. He wanted to walk with them and talk with them. And he wants to walk and talk with you today. He said in 1 Peter, Even hereunto as you're called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in His steps. Are you walking in the footsteps of Jesus? Are you walking, loving others, forgiving, being compassionate, being merciful, being giving? Man, He left us to keep His work going. He said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Listen, we're a fellowship. We're believers. And He has called us to go do, not just what He did, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, amen, to go preach the gospel to the good news, uh, the good news to people. But He said, come on, do it bigger and greater. Listen, every time. You get in your car to drive to church. You did something greater than Jesus did. He had to take a donkey or walk. Every time you get on Facebook and quote a scripture or encourage somebody, man, that, that's greater. They didn't have that kind of communication. Sometimes we think that it's a bigger miracle. Listen, we're not going to get no bigger miracles. We can do them. We're, now we're all over the world. I mean, Jesus, he had to, he, most of his miracles were just right in one little area. Now, we can hop on an airplane and in a matter of hours be on the other side of the world to preach the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this generation, we're doing things greater with more magnitude. You can get on the radio. You can get on the internet. We'll be able to speak to millions of people. Anybody in the world can tune in and be in the Lord's house. That's greater. He said in Hebrews chapter 10... He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Or how much sore punishment suppose ye that he thought worthy who was trodden under the foot of the Son of God hath counted the blood of the covenant where he was sacrificed an unholy thing. Listen, what he did, what we're going to participate in, what we're going to do is not an unholy thing. It's a holy thing. Don't trample underfoot. Don't take it lightly. Today, Christianity, the death of Christ, so mocked, laughed at, ridiculed, made fun of. But I'm telling you as believers, we've got to hold this relationship holy. It's precious. You've got to make sure in Christmas present that we give God the best. What are we, what are we giving you know, today we give gifts based on what a person likes. We give gifts based on how much what we can afford. We give gifts based on uh, what they tell us. Come on. We get that Christmas list from our kids. <laughs> and Haley, they're still. Haley's 23, Jacob's 27. She still wants to make sure. She's got the same amount he does. Amy said something about she bought them a because uh, Jacob's getting married. And, uh, hey, I, I got y'all another present. Haley said, does that mean I get another one? Listen, kids are never too... They're still... You know, they, they might make sure you're being fair here. But in Christmas present, are we giving God what He deserves? Are we just giving Him leftovers? Are we giving Him an empty box? Are we giving Him, Lord, uh, we'll see what's left. 
Are we, let's, let's, let's try it in 2020. Let's give God our best. Let's give Him our first. Not what's left. And then, lastly, what about Christmas future? Did you know Jesus is coming back? Did you know Jesus is coming? This is not all there is to life. Maybe we'll live out our life and die an old age. And we'll still go see Jesus. But Jesus, one day the trumpet of God is still going to sound. And if we're living in that generation, we're going to call up to meet the Lord in the air. And so, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Jesus is coming. And whether it comes by trumpet and we all go together or whether one at a time we take our last breath and we stand before God. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming in the next second for somebody. Somebody dies every second. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, show forth the Lord's death Till he comes. We're not going to stop celebrating. We're not going to stop communion and fellowshipping. We're not going to stop preaching the good news. Until Jesus comes. Pastor, when can I stop serving the Lord? When can I stop reading the Bible and praying and living a good life? When Jesus comes for you. Until then, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep striving. Keep pressing. Keep loving, keep serving. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus already speaking, man, there's another kingdom coming. And uh, it started, he wasn't just that baby. I'm, I'm glad I'm not praying to a baby. I'm glad I know I'm not just praying to a crucified Savior on a cross. But today, He is risen, He is alive, He is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for you and I. And when I have a need, I'm coming, I'm praying to a resurrected, powerful Savior. Amen? When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're remembering the promise of His return. Man, we're remembering we're going to search our heart. We're going to look in our past. We're going to look at our present. And then we're going to make sure we're ready for our future. You see, we talk about the Last Supper. They participate in the Last Supper. Well, it's really not the last one. There's another one coming. Called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And we're going to all once again partake in that together. With the Lord. He's going to be the one leading and he, he declared that. Let us rejoice and be glad and give honor to him. For the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. This is Revelation 19, 7 through 10. And his wife hath made herself ready. Any brides here? We're all the bride of Christ. We are the wife, the bride. It says she's made herself ready. Come on, let's make ourselves ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't you want to be called? Man, I don't want to miss that one. Well, there's a lot of parties I've missed, but that's one I don't want to miss. 
There, there's some. You don't, has there ever been a party you ever heard about something going on and you're hoping, man, I hope they don't invite me. <laughs> I hope I don't have to go to that. Oh, but this is one I want to be invited to. I want to be ready. I want to have my invitation. The way we do that is we accept Christ in our heart as our Lord and Savior. And we're the bride of Christ. And we're making ourselves ready as we're serving and living and loving Him down here. And He's preparing that. And one day, He's going to call us home to that great marriage feast. I'm ready. Amen? But until then, our future is unwritten. How's your life going to end? I don't know. It's not written yet. You see, until you take your last breath, you're still writing your history. I look around at all these young people and these young... Man, I'm excited to see what their life is going to be. What are they going to do? What are they going to grow up? What are they going? What kind of business are they going to start? What What are they going to do in society? How are they going to affect those that are around them? How, it's exciting to watch young people grow and fulfill their destiny. As parents, to watch our kids grow and flourish and prosper and get married and all the things we man, what a joy! And think about how God feels as He watches us. I'm telling you today, God's not mad at you. If you failed, if you've sinned, if you've fallen, He loves you. You're His child. He died for you. He wants you to get back up and keep going. Make your future. You're still riding it. It's not over. It's, this is not the end of the story. Come on. Your failure is not the end of the story. Get up and go forward and succeed and let that be Your history. Amen. As we approach the throne room of God. As we approach the Lord's table. Knowing that from the stable. To the table. His life. Made it possible. For you and I. To be forgiven. To have eternal life. To have power. To live in love. To have the blessings of God. And we've got to be thankful. Thankful for the past. Thankful for the present. Thankful for my future. Can I get a big amen?